listening to Connection Church's podcast. Well, man, I'm just so excited to be with y'all this morning. My name is John, and I serve as one of the pastors here at this church, and I just um, can't wait for all that God has in store um, today. Um, I hope you are in the Christmas spirit um, today. And we, because we do have just a lot of special things going on. And as I was um, standing backstage and listening to the songs and listening to that song, God is here, I really became overwhelmed with emotion because I truly believe that God is here this morning. And I, and I hope and I pray that he shows up today, that he shows up in each of your individual lives and what you're going through right here in this moment. And so, man, I'm just so excited at all that the God is doing um, at this church and across all of our campuses today. It's just a very, very exciting day. Well, we are continuing the series called The Way, and we started this off um, last week, and we're going to be finishing this series next week for our Christmas Eve service. And just as Justin was saying, we do encourage you, invite some friends, invite some family to that service. We really have something special planned, and we have a very powerful um, testimony that we wanted to share with y'all about um, God's goodness and and what happens when God shows up in somebody's life. And so we do just encourage you to to come there. We are going to preach the gospel. The gospel is going to be presented, and so invite those people that might not otherwise come to church. It's an easy opportunity to get them to come to church. So definitely don't want to miss that. Well, last week, Justin um, kicked us off in this series. And um, throughout the series, it's all looking at how Jesus has made a way for us, for each and every one of us. And we're really looking at the different people that in the Christmas story that um, when, when Jesus came onto the scene, when God was presenting Jesus, kind of how they reacted. And last week, Justin was looking at the differences in how the Magi reacted to Jesus versus Herod reacting to Jesus, where the Magi looked at him as king and Herod looked at him as a threat. And we were able to really dive into that and, and look at maybe the times in our lives that we've viewed Jesus in that same regard. He also talked a lot about um, what happens when you're waiting on God in this season. A lot of times this is can be a, a tough season for people. It's not joyful for everybody because of maybe certain things that have happened. And one of the key things that Justin said last week was that waiting is worth it when you're waiting on God. And it was just a very powerful message. And so I hope to just kind of pick right up off of that. Today, we're going to be looking at specifically the shepherds and the Christmas story of how the shepherds reacted to Jesus's coming. So if you have your Bibles, um, I just ask you to go and open up to the book of Luke. We're going to be in Luke today. Um, Luke is in the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Luke was a doctor. And so the details were always very important to Luke. Um, the uh, book of Luke is just a, it's a gospel of Jesus. Basically, this is just an account of Jesus's life. And we're gonna be in Luke chapter two today. This is a very familiar passage, one that's um, preached on many times during the Christmas season. And so I pray as we're reading through this today, we don't allow it to just be something that we read and just kind of goes in one ear and out the other because we're so familiar with it. I pray that we really focus in on these words and see how they can apply to our lives. So Luke chapter two, Starting in verse one, we're just gonna read through the first 20 verses or so of this. It says this, it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went up there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, they came for the, excuse me, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to the fir- her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Pray with me. Father, as we look at this Christmas story, a story that has been told for thousands and thousands of years, God, I pray that you speak to us this morning. God, show us something new. God, don't let these words just be commonplace. God, let them really come and they just speak a new story to us, God. We pray that you um, you speak to us this morning, that you show up this morning. God, we pray that for all of the people that we're going to minister to today through service day, God, that we, um, we see Jesus' love um, touch them, God, that we um, see their lives begin to change, God. We just pray that you move through all of our campuses today and across all of the churches, even in this community, God, that um, as your message of hope and of peace is taught across this entire community, that people truly experience that. God, I ask that you just take these words of mine, this, these broken words from a broken vessel, God, and somehow use them to further your kingdom, God. We love you so much and are so thankful for what you're doing. And we lift all this stuff in your son's name. Amen. So as I was preparing for this message, um, I was really thinking about this concept of God approaching the shepherds first. And it was kind of an unexpected thing. You wouldn't normally expect the shepherds of all people to be the ones that God wanted to go to first. And so I was thinking about this idea of kind of the unexpected. And a lot of times when I open messages, I like to open with a story or something to kind of allow us to grab a hold of things a little bit. But I was struggling coming up with something. And I was talking with Chase, our worship pastor, about this and saying, you know, is there any type of story or something? something that we could, we could relate to this of kind of something that's unexpected or something you wouldn't really um, expect somebody to be, to be given. And he kind of laughed a little bit and he said, well, I was watching a movie the other day that I feel like might apply. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the movie? He said, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like, well, what do you mean by this? And he said, well, think about this. Think about Charlie. He's like, when you think about a chocolate factor being given away, you wouldn't necessarily think about Charlie being the person that would receive this, right? He's like, it was really unexpected. And I'm like, well, I guess he kind of has a point there. And the more I started thinking about this movie, I realized that this movie is actually a giant metaphor for the gospel. Okay. 
Now go with me on this one. I, I, I promise it works out. So think about this. Here you have Charlie, right? This poor kid that doesn't really have anything going for him. He can't do anything in him of himself. And all of a sudden he's presented with this free gift. All right, he had the coin on the side of the, so it wasn't free, but just go with me on it, all right? So he has, gets this coin, gets the golden ticket, right? AKA the presentation of the gospel. But however, he also has some temptation. He's got Slugsworth, right? Who's tempting him to go and steal the everlasting gobstopper. And so he's, he's wrestling with that temptation of what should I do? What direction should I go? That's that same temptation that we all deal with each and every day. Ultimately, he goes into this factory. He sees his peers that aren't necessarily making the best choices. So he still has some of that temptation going on. Ultimately, he, he makes some mistakes himself, but in the end, he chooses to seek forgiveness, to repent, to turn the opposite way. And in the end, he is awarded everything. He gets the gospel. He gets salvation. He gets it all. So there you go. The gospel in Charlie in the chocolate factory is pretty incredible right? Pretty incredible. Now here's the thing. What does Charlie in the chocolate factory have anything to do with shepherds? Well, I believe it actually has a lot to do with shepherds. Because again, when you think about Charlie, if I was, were Willy Wonka, right? And I was wanting to give my chocolate factory away. My first thought's not going to be a child that has no business skills, that doesn't know anything about chocolate. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. That wouldn't make sense, right? But Willy Wonka, he saw something in Charlie, in the same regard that I think when we first maybe look at the shepherds, we might not necessarily see something, but God, he sees something. And now let's, let's look at it this way. When you think about shepherds, I wanna give it a little background on shepherds. And the background is this, is that shepherds at this time, they were not necessarily a high in the social class at all. They were kind of the lowest rung on the totem pole with that. It was a very unskilled job to have. If you were doing this, a lot of times you were a child. Most of the times um, shepherds were, were children. If you were an adult and you were a shepherd, that kind of meant that you, you messed some things up in your life. Things hadn't gone the best. You had made some bad decisions if you were a shepherd as an adult. In fact, shepherds' testimony were not even welcomed in the court system. So you, you begin to get a picture of how low shepherds truly were. And so now think about it this way. Think about it from the perspective of the angels that God was asking to go to these shepherds. Think about it from their perspective, because these are the angels that they've witnessed God since all of creation. They were there when God, in the blink of an eye, created trillions of stars, created the entire universe, put everything into motion. They witnessed all that. They saw this incredible, great God. They have been praising him for all of time. They know how great and how wonderful God truly is. And say so they truly understand this. They also understand how monumental of a moment it's about to be when God comes to earth to take away the sins of the world. They realize that there's no greater glory than when God made himself like us and, and came and went in our place through Jesus. There's nothing more incredible. They witnessed all of creation. And yet in this moment, they go, this is the most important thing. This is where God's going to have more glory than any other time. And so the angels, they're looking at this pivotal moment in time. And they're saying, this is a big deal, God. And so when God said, hey, angels, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go. And I want you to tell the shepherds first, if I were an angel, I'd say, hey, God, um, I see where you're going. Um, this is kind of a big deal. Are you sure we want to go to shepherds? I mean, they're the ones that they live out with the animals, right? They're kind of smelly. Like, I feel like maybe we should go to somebody that has a little bit more influence. Maybe it's, has a little bit, it's just, I don't know, not a shepherd. What are, you, what are you thinking? But God in his infinite wisdom said, no, 
I want to go to the shepherds for a specific reason. We know that God has looked at shepherds in the past. You know, we we think about the story of David and Goliath, where David was also a shepherd boy who came out from the, the fields to slay Goliath and where everybody else saw a shepherd, God saw a king. And so we know there's something about shepherds that God sees that there's something more to this. And that's what I really want us to look at today is what is it about shepherds? Why did he want to go to them first? And that's really what I want us to dive into and to look at that today. What is the significance of that? And so I have three points today that I want to make. There's nothing special about these points. They don't rhyme. They don't all start with the same letter or anything like that. It's just a couple things to kind of help give us an outline of where we're going today. And the first point is this. The first point is that when we see a shepherd, God sees an opportunity. When we see a shepherd, God sees an opportunity. One of the things I think about with shepherds is though it's a very unskilled job, there's something about shepherds in that shepherds have to be very faithful. They have to be very obedient. They have to be very diligent in their job because if they're not, the safety of the flock could be in danger. So they have to watch over this very, very closely. They have to even live with the animals to be so faithful to that job. Is it a highly skilled job? No, but there's something about that. There's something about that faithfulness. And now when we look at Jesus now, we refer to Jesus as our good shepherd, right? So there's something about Jesus looking over us. A lot of times pastors are referred to as shepherds because of that responsibility of overseeing the people and being very faithful to that. That's a big, huge responsibility. And I believe God understands that. And so he wants us to see, though it's a, not a skilled job, it's a very important job. And there's something about that faithfulness. There's something about that obedience that I think we all probably need to learn from. But the thing is this, is that I think that when you look at the shepherds, that they probably had made some mistakes in their life. So yeah, I understand that they're faithful, John, but these are people that, you know, they, they made mistakes. They didn't have it all together. And as I was preparing for this message, I was listening to um, another pastor preaching on this message. He's one of my favorite um, Bible teachers. His name's J.D. Greer. And he said this, he said, the greatest, excuse me, God's primary way of speaking to people is through broken and flawed instruments, through shepherds. Just because the messenger is flawed doesn't mean that the message is flawed. And when he said that, it just kind of really jumped out to me is that God, I think, he began seeing this in the shepherds. He realized that, yeah, some of these shepherds, they might be flawed individuals. They might not have it all together, but this message of Jesus coming, that message isn't flawed. And I'm gonna use these flawed individuals to communicate this message. And I believe the same can be true for you is maybe you've viewed yourself as that sometimes. Maybe you've looked at yourself and said, you know what, I don't have it all together. What can I really offer? And maybe today God is wanting to speak to you directly and say, you know what, I know you're kind of viewing yourself as a shepherd a little bit, but you know what, I see some opportunity in you and I see that you, have, you do have something to offer and I'm gonna use you to do something great. And maybe you need to receive that today. Maybe you need to own that today and really understand how much God loves you and how much he wants for you. All throughout the Bible, you see story after a story of God using flawed individuals to communicate his message. When we look at Moses, Moses had a big speech impediment, but yet he led an entire nation, right? That's, so if I, in Moses, when he thought about that, he even wrestled with that with the Lord of saying, God, I can't even speak. 
very well. I was almost, I only speak good, but that's not right. And that probably is what he would have said. But like, he struggled with that a little bit, but God's like, look, it's not about that because I'm gonna use you. Some of you in t- here today, you need to recognize that God wants to use you. And think about it this way. When we read in uh, verse nine, it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But it says this, it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. If you have your Bible and you're okay with writing your Bible, I would underline all. That all is very, very important here because think again about from the perspective of the shepherds. They probably in their life didn't have a whole lot to be joyful for. They lived out in the fields. They realized they had had made some mistakes in their lives. They realized that honestly, things weren't going the greatest. And so if you went to a shepherd and you really casted this vision to them that, you know what, great joy is about to come to you. It's gonna change their entire life. It's gonna change their entire perspective of everything. So if you can get somebody like that to see that and to witness that, man, there's nothing that can stop them because they had the most to gain. They had the most to benefit from this. At this time, not everybody had access to God. Through Jesus, we now have the ability, have that direct ability to get to God. And at the time, not everybody had this. So this is getting ready to change everything. This is that pivotal moment in time where Jesus is making a way now for every single person, all walks of life. They all have this opportunity to come to God. This is a huge thing to have some joy about. And God said, look, we can tell the shepherds this and they can grab a hold of this. That's how we're gonna begin to change everything. And that moves us on to the second point. That influence is not dependent on status. Influence is not dependent on status. Yet again, going back to what I was talking about from the perspective of the angels, when they first looked at this and they said, God, why would you go to the shepherds first? Like, aren't we wanting to present this? If, you know, when I think about influence, I think about people like your big athletes, movie stars, think about big CEOs, maybe people like Steve Jobs that have the ability to influence a lot of people, or maybe people that have the most followers on social media. Like if I was wanting to communicate a message of communicate great news, I would probably start there. Most of us would probably start there, right? That makes the most sense. But maybe we're underestimating that. Maybe we're only looking at influence or maybe we're looking at it the wrong way. And we need to re-examine that because clearly God's looking at it slightly different. And as I think about this and I think about how the Lord's kind of shaped me in this, I think back to when this church was first starting. When we were first starting out, we had a guy that came on staff with us. His name was Don Baldwin. And many of you knew Don. Um, Don was a, a great, great guy. Unfortunately, about a year ago, he, he passed away. But to give you a little background story on Don, is um, Don was actually a pretty smart guy. He was very well-educated. A lot of people didn't know that. He actually had his master's degree. But Don made some mistakes in his life. He got um, addicted to drugs and to alcohol pretty, pretty bad. And he found himself living on the street. But in the end, God um, turned his life around. Jesus came back in and he completely turned his life around. And then he, he found that his ministry was, was going to begin ministering to people that were just like him, people that had struggled just like him because he had literally walked in their shoes. And I remember the, uh, a couple days before Don passed away and, and God's incredible mercy, I had the opportunity to see Don. I didn't, hadn't seen him in, in a while, actually probably a couple months. And I was uh, walking through um, the building and I was actually walking in the hallway out there and Don was leave, leaving the office. And I said, hey man, how's it going? And Don turned around, he had this big smile on his face like he, he normally did. 
And he's like, man, I just dropped off about 20 more families for service day. He's like, man, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be so good. Their lives, man, it's gonna be so good. That was Don. Don loved serving people that so often maybe couldn't help themselves. But Don's heart was, he didn't wanna just put Band-Aids on the situation. He wanted to see their lives completely turned around. He could, we could pay a power bill one month, but what happens the next month? That was, that was Don's mindset is, you know what? We wanna pull people out of this. And one of the things that Don always talked about is he would look at that drug addict. He would look at that alcoholic. He would look at that person that seemingly their life was falling to pieces. And his perspective on it is he would always say, man, if we can reach that person, man, it's gonna change this entire community. Because he recognized that that drug addict, that person struggling, they had influence in their community of the people that were like them. And if Jesus was able to come in their life and change their life, the people directly around them can say, look, if Jesus can do something for him, maybe he can do something for me. And so ultimately you would see that these people that are struggling so much, if Jesus can come into their life very quickly, that next ring of people, their lives will begin getting changed. And then people will begin seeing their lives change. And ultimately that next group of people we begin seeing their lives change. If you wanted to change this community, he said, if you want to see revival, he's like, you start there. Because when, when people begin seeing that type of, of, of group of people that, that Jesus begins rocking their lives, that's what brings revival in this community. And I, I think that as a church, we need to be praying for that. We need to be praying that people that so often, sometimes that we just look past and we don't see, Don zeroed in on them and said, look, this is how we're gonna change this community. Don recognized that, you know what? Influence that people can have is not gonna be dependent on their social status or what job they have or how many followers they have on social media. Influence is really dependent on your story because every single one of us have a story if Jesus has come into our life. And that's something that, look, we can argue science all day long. We can argue theology all day long, but at the end of the day, no one can argue with you of what Jesus has done in your life. That's something nobody can question because it's true to you. And Don recognized that. He recognized that, you know what? We don't always have to go from the top down. Maybe we go from the bottom up. And I believe maybe that's what God's trying to show us as well, is that if you can get shepherds who had nothing else probably going for them in their lives, if you can turn their lives around, then man, what's gonna happen after that? And you see that take place here. In verse 16, it says this, it says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just as the angel said. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning all that had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Think about that. People were amazed at something shepherds said, okay? Think about Think about the shepherd for a second. This is a person that lives out with animals, that's smelly, that's dirty, that have made bad decisions in their lives, that were flawed individuals. They're going and telling people things and people are blown away by the message. This is huge. This is crazy that God is using mere shepherds to do this, but it was because of their story. It was because of their testimony. They couldn't deny what had been told to them and what they saw. And so that's what they shared. And ultimately that is what amazed people. And this leads us perfectly into our third point, <clears throat> excuse me, that God reveals himself to us so we can reveal him to others. God reveals himself to us so we can reveal him to others. Ultimately, that's what we see that these shepherds did, that they recognized and they saw God do something in their lives 
and they, but they didn't stop there. It said they hurried off and they went and they told other people about what they had witnessed. And I think we all have a responsibility to do that same thing. That if Jesus has shown up in your life, that we have a responsibility to go and to tell other people. But as I was laying out this message and I was thinking about this point about God revealing himself to us, I was talking um, this message through with my wife and a lot of times she's kind of my, my sounding board for messages and helps me kind of see how are people gonna receive this. And she said, you know, John, like, I think sometimes talking about God revealing himself to us is just something we say in church. It's just, it sounds good, but what does that practically look like? I think sometimes we struggle to know, how do I hear from God? How do I really take these things that I feel like God's telling me and actually do something with it? And I thought she had a really good point. And so I wanna pause for just a moment and kind of give some practical explanation of what that can look like. In this story, we see that the way that God revealed himself to these shepherds was through these angels surrounding him. Now, I don't know about you, um, in my life up to this point, I'm 32, I've never had a bunch of angels show up, surround me and communicate a message that God wanted to communicate. That hasn't happened. Um, if it has happened to you, whoa, um, I'd love to sit down, let's have some coffee. Um, but I think that, I mean, that just hasn't happened. Now, is that possible? Yeah, I think absolutely. Some people argue about that. Does God still communicate in those ways? I believe he could still is capable of that. Why not? He's, he's God. He created everything. He rose somebody from the dead. I think he could still communicate in that way. Could God still communicate through a burning bush? Yeah, I think so. Could God communicate through a donkey speaking? I think God does that on a pretty regular basis, speaking through donkeys, and I'll let you interpret how you want to translate the word donkey, right? It's in the Bible. But like, I think he does that. Now, is, he gonna, is that always going to be how he communicates? Probably not, but he might. But I think if, if, that, if those things haven't happened to you and you're still struggling, you're still going, man, well, how does God speak to me? I believe that there's three things that you can look at that'll be a great way to examine how God can reveal himself to you. And those three, th three things are through his word, through prayer, and through other believers. Through God's word, through prayer, and through other believers. A lot of times when we hear people say, I just don't feel like God's speaking to me. The first question I ask is, have you been reading his word? If you feel like God's not speaking to you, and again, I haven't had God audibly come down and say, John, that hasn't happened, all right? It'd probably freak me out if it did. But if, if I wanna hear from God and I, and I want it in an audible way, all I gotta do is I gotta pull out my phone, open up the Bible app, press play on the audio, and all of a sudden God sounds like Morgan Freeman and I get to, I get to hear God, right? I get to hear directly from God. But the, the reality is I think especially in the American culture, we don't value this thing right here. I know I don't, just putting my cards on the table. I don't know about you, how you're doing with it. I struggle with it. But a lot of times when I feel like God's not speaking to me or I'm struggling with this, it's because I just have not spent the time digging into this word. This is a living word. Are we cherishing it? Are we valuing it? Are we seeking it? Are we reading it just to check it off of a list? Or are we reading it to say, God, you have got to speak to me. We've read Luke 2 in church hundreds of times, but you know what? He can speak a new message to us each and every time that we read that. What other book has that ability? And tons of people have that story of every time they read it. And that's why when we were sitting in small groups and we're all sharing about something we've read, that's the reason we all can probably take a little bit something different from it is because God's speaking something different to all of us. So are you reading God's word? Are you hearing from God through his direct words? Are you praying? Not just before your meal, 
Are you seeking the Lord in prayer and desperately crying out to him? Are you listening to him? Or are you just doing all the talking? Again, that's me sometimes. I ask a lot of God. I say, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. How often am I just stopping? I'm just listening and saying, God, you've got to speak to me. Lots of people during this time, they journal to help kind of flesh out some of those things that God's trying to speak to them. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's something you need to do. If you feel like you're not hearing from God, are you praying? Are you spending that, that communion with him? One of the things that before anyone that speaks out here comes out, our prayer team prays over us. And um, it's, um, it's one of the most incredible things that I look forward to anytime I get to preach is having those people pray over me because those are the people that are so passionate about prayer and they, they understand it. And having people pray over you and beg that, God, you've got to show up. You've got to do something, man. It, it makes me ready to go. It makes me all of the um, uneasiness of this message that I'm just unsure of myself and I'm questioning myself, all of that goes away because in the end, I know that God's here and I know that he's on our side. And though I might not get everything right in this thing, and I might mispronounce things or I might stumble over my words. In the end, the messenger might be flawed, but the message isn't. And that's what I receive through that prayer time. Are you praying to him? And finally, are we going to other people? Are we seeking out other believers to say, hey, I feel like maybe God's revealing something to me, but I just don't know. Can you help me understand this? Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to bounce those ideas off of each other. That way, when we, when we feel like, man, I feel like God's telling me that I, should, that I should move in with my girlfriend, that other people can gently say, no, he's not telling you that. Somebody else is telling you that, right? So we can lean on each other for those things. So sometimes we don't get it right. Sometimes we're not interpreting things correctly and we need other people to speak that truth into us. Are you doing that? Are you seeking out other believers and saying, what do you feel like God's showing me? This is what I feel like I'm hearing. This is what I'm reading in scripture. This is what I'm getting in my prayer time, but I don't know what to do with it. And a lot of times those people that maybe are a little further on in their faith, they can help you walk through some of that stuff. Are you doing that? So I think if we're doing those three things and we're, realizing that the God, God's revealing himself to us, well, then what do we do with that? Well, we have a responsibility to go. Jesus gave us this command. It's called the Great Commission to go and to make all disciples, to make disciples of all nations, excuse me. We have that responsibility. If Jesus has come into your life and he's revealed himself to you, then you have a responsibility to, again, to then go and reveal that to other people. The shepherds, they had that responsibility in here. They got to see Jesus, but they didn't hold on to it. They took it out and they shared it with other people. Today, we have that opportunity. Today, we have the opportunity to go out into this community and to share the good news of Jesus. Giving them a meal, giving them some gifts, it's awesome, it's great. But there's a greater gift that we can give them. And that's the gospel. And so I pray as we go out today, that we recognize that responsibility that we have to share this good news. Because this good news is filled with joy. And there might be some people that we interact with today that maybe joy is not something they've experienced in a long time. But there's something that regardless of your circumstances, that we could all find great joy in. And that's God sending his son in our place to be that sacrifice, to be that lamb, to take away our sin. And that's the opportunity that we have today. At the end of the day, this story is not about 
the angels. It's not about the shepherds. It's about the message of Jesus. It's the reason in that hallway out there, you see that it's all about Jesus. As a church, that's what it's all about. It's not about who's up here. It's not about who's on the guitar. It's not about who's in kids. It's about the message of Jesus. And I pray that we grab a hold of that, that we understand that. And I pray that we understand the responsibility that we have. That God knew, I'm gonna start at the bottom and I'm gonna begin showing them this good news. And from there, I'm hoping that it's gonna spread out. And that's my prayer for this community, that as we all are in here and we're hearing this good news of Christ, that we take this and we run with it. But maybe you're in here today and you feel like, maybe you identify with the shepherds a little bit. And you feel like, what do I have to offer? I've made some mistakes in my life. I don't have it all together. I feel like I'm flawed. And you need to recognize that God looks at you and he doesn't see a flawed individual. He sees somebody that has immense opportunity and potential to reach other people. And maybe today you need to, you need to accept that. You need to accept the fact that God looks at you and says, look, there's nothing you can do to get me to love you any less. And there's nothing you can do to get me to love you any more. And you need to grab a hold of that today. You need to hear that today. That God loves you in that way and he wants to use you in that way. Maybe some of us in here, we need to recognize the influence that we, that we have with the people around us. If Jesus has done something in your life, that gives you influence because it gives you a story to tell. And maybe you need to begin looking for those opportunities to share that story and to recognize the potential that God sees in you. That just as Don could look at a drug addict and say, there's potential there, that maybe you need to see that there's potential in you. Not because you think you're good enough, not because you feel like you have it all together, but because God looks at you and says, I wanna use you. And I believe your story in your situations and the things that you've gone through in your life could be the very thing that somebody else needs to hear. And you need to identify that today. Maybe some of you have been fighting that urge to share that story and to share the good news of Christ. And maybe you need to be pushed in that just a little bit today. Maybe you need to recognize that responsibility, that, that command that we were given to go and to make disciples. I know it's tough and it's hard and it's something I struggle with as well. It's easy for me to get up on this stage and talk about Jesus. When I'm out in the community, just interacting with people, I'm at a holiday party. It's kind of tough to bring it up. I feel awkward doing it. I understand that, but you know what? Jesus said we're called to do it. The shepherds knew that it might be awkward to go to people and try to share this message. Who would want to hear from us? But ultimately they did it and people were amazed. So if you're sitting here and you're questioning, man, what are people gonna think? Well, it could be that they end up being amazed. It could be they, they end up coming to know the Lord because of your faithfulness as a shepherd. And maybe we need to see that today. In the end of the book of Galatians in chapter six, Paul talks about um, doing good for all. And I think it ties very closely to what we're about to do for service day, where Paul's encouraging people to, to care for other people. And he kind of gives them three different things. There's kind of an overarching thing. And one of the things that Paul constantly encourages people is to think about 
others. So often, that's the, the reason we do service day is to get us thinking about the people that so often maybe we don't always see. It's not something just to do once a year. It's something to try to help, hopefully be that springboard to kind of get us to, to look for these opportunities other times. Are we thinking about people? Are we looking around and thinking about what's going on in other people's lives? Or are we just trying to, we kind of put it to the side and we don't think about it, it's not on the forefront. Are we doing that? Are we praying for people? Are we praying for a revival? Are we praying for people's lives to be changed? Paul constantly encouraged people that I'm praying for you, that you need to be praying for us. And finally, he encouraged them to serve them, to care for them, go and do for other people. That's what we're getting ready to do. But let's, let's let it not stop today. Let's let it not be where we go and do service day and we say, hey, that Away Connection Church, good job, you went and cared for the community. Let this just be something that we do and we say, hey, we're gonna go reach this community, but it's not gonna stop us. It's just gonna be the launching point. And now we're gonna look for these opportunities to go and to care for individuals throughout the week. And we're gonna try to, to do that as best as we can. And I know saying that I can get up here and I can be passionate about that. Of, look, we need to do that. We need to go into the community all throughout the weeks. We need to go as connect groups. You know, let's not do it just on service day. Let's be so much more than that. But I gotta be honest with you. I say that all the time. I tell myself that all the time, but I'm the biggest offender of that. I get super passionate about service day, but when it comes to going out into this community during the week, I struggle with that because I don't think about it. Here, here's why. I'm lazy. I don't, I don't make it an important thing in my life. And I just, and I put it off. And here's, there's a couple things that I can do in this. Either I can go, woe is me. Oh man, John, you messed up again. I'm a connect group leader. I know I'm supposed to be encouraging my, my connect group to do this. And I can say, man, I messed up again. I'm not a good leader. I could just be all down on myself. Or I could get up here and I could confess this to you and say, man, I struggle with this. I'm you know, just like y'all, but still tomorrow not do anything about it. I could do that also. Or I could say, you know, in God's word, it says that his mercies are new every morning. Then in Romans 8, it says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what I can do is I can take the fact that, you know what, I've struggled with this. I haven't done a good job of serving this community outside of these walls. I'm gonna acknowledge that, I'm gonna confess that, and I'm gonna say, God, I'm gonna go from this point forward. And I'm gonna try my best tomorrow. And I'm gonna try my best the day after that. I don't know what's gonna come. I don't know how good I'm gonna do with that, but you know what, I'm gonna accept that grace that God offers. I'm not gonna take advantage of it, but I'm gonna accept it and I'm gonna go on from here. Some of us in here, you know what? We Maybe we haven't done the best job with it. Let's get over it. Let's put it in the past. God's forgiven us for it already on the cross and let's try to move forward. Let's use service day to really be that launching point and let's try our best to do it. We might not be perfect at it, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to try to give it my best shot and I pray that you would as well. To wrap all this up, I feel like um, there's a next step for every single person in this room. We talk about next steps all the time. And basically that's just, what is that step that God's asking you to do? Maybe you're in here today and your next step is, is salvation. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you have felt like a shepherd and you felt like I just don't have anything going for me. God, what would God want me for? And you need to realize how much God loves you today and that he is making a way for you, your situation, your life and that you're worth it and that you are good enough for it. That just like Willy Wonka sees that in Charlie, God sees it in you and you need to experience that today. You need to make that decision today.
Maybe you're in this room and you, you know Jesus, but you've never gotten baptized. And you need to make a decision to go public with your faith. You've been holding on to it, but it's time to set that in motion. Maybe you need to, you need to sign up to do that today. Or maybe you've, you've been a Christian for a little while, but you've kind of been on the sidelines and it's time for you to jump in a little bit. And the way we gauge that as a church is we have these things, that are, they're called our four cultures as a church. And it's what we believe every church, if these four things are happening in the people, that's gonna be a healthy church. That's gonna be a church that's on fire for the Lord. Maybe you're in here today and you've never gotten into a small group. You've never been in a connect group. You don't have community around you. We call that the culture of community. And that's something you need today. You've been putting that off. You've been saying, man, I'm gonna get to that later. I just don't have the time. And it's time to get over that and to make community a priority in your life. And you need to sign up for that today because you need other people in your life, just as I talked about of God revealing himself from us, people that are gonna speak into you and hold you accountable for things. And you need to make that decision today. Maybe you haven't had a heart for, for serving and you've been sitting in these seats for a while and it's time, maybe it's today is that first day where you're gonna get involved in service day. Or you're gonna sign up to be a connector. You're gonna look for opportunities to go out into this community and to serve it. We call that the culture of serving. Do you have a, a culture in your life of service? And maybe you need to look at that and it's time to step into that. That's probably an area I need to do some work in. I'm good inside the church, right? I serve here, but I need to work on some area out there. That's something that God's pressing on me. Maybe the Lord's impressing on you that you need to share your faith. We call that the culture of evangelism. Maybe you, you realize I have a story to tell and I'm not telling it. And God needs to nudge you in that just a little bit. Or maybe as this, this Christmas season where a lot of times money becomes a little bit of um, a stressful thing because of gifts and everything else. And you recognize, you know what? I'm not really honoring God first with my money. And generosity is something you struggle with. That's that, that's that culture of generosity. And you realize, you know what? I need to honor God first with my finances. Or it's just generosity as a whole. Of, maybe it's your energy. Maybe it's your time. You need more. be more generous with that. I don't know. But maybe that's the area that God's needing to, to nudge you in just a little bit. I don't know what that step is for you, but I know each one of you have one. And I know before we get up today, one of those steps can happen right here in this moment. And it's that first step that I talked about of salvation. Again, maybe you're in here and you've never felt good enough, worthy enough, or you've just never gotten up the courage to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I recognize that I can't do it on my own. I've been trying to do it on my own for far too long and I've gotten nowhere and I'm struggling and I just need you to come in. I need you to take over. I need you to be the Lord of my life, to be my savior. I need to confess to you that I'm just struggling. I don't have it all together, but I wanna come to you and I need you to show up in my life in a huge weight because I have nothing else. And today you need to do that. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And for you, maybe that's you today. And this is what I wanna ask you to do. If that's you today and you say, you know what? I need Jesus. I don't know anything else, but I know I need Jesus. I'd ask that you be bold and you just raise your hand right here in this moment so we can celebrate with you. Is there anybody in here today? You know you need Jesus today. for the rest of us. I talked about all those next steps. There's something that you need to take a next step in your life, that you need to realize that it's time for you to step into something. The shepherds had a responsibility to step into things, and each one of us do as well. We're getting ready to, to sing a song that many times you sing in church. It's called Oh Holy Night. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs. And it's a, it's a pretty intense song, but the words are incredibly powerful. And they speak 
a wonderful story about Jesus. And in this moment, I pray that you can respond however you want to. If you wanna sit in your seat and you just listen to these words, you can do that. If you wanna stand up and you wanna sing along, if you wanna come to this altar and you wanna pray, however you need to respond with the Lord, use this time to connect with him. Use this time to see what is it you're trying to teach me from this message today. Don't run out of here immediately. I know it wasn't a perfect message, but I pray there's something in it that maybe triggered something in you. And I pray that during this time, you can just think about that and figure out, God, what are you trying to reveal to me? And what are you asking of me? So we're gonna do that now. After that, Ms. Roxanne's gonna come out. She's gonna give us some instructions for service day. Man, it's gonna be an awesome, awesome day. I pray you be patient with us. We're gonna try to be as organized as possible. So please don't leave until we're able to give those instructions. Um, Let me pray for us. And then we'll sing this song and then we'll go and we'll share the love of Christ in this community. Let's pray. Father, you are a good, good father. God, I thank you for what you're doing this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to share Christ with this community. God, I pray that today it's not just one thing we do during the year to pour into this community, but God, this is something we look for these opportunities all the time. God, I pray in this room right now over these people that maybe there's something that you're trying to speak to them directly and they know what that is. I don't know what that is, but God, I know that you're, you're here. I know that you're stirring hearts. God, I'm gonna trust that you're stirring hearts. And I pray that people can listen to that They can be obedient to that and they can take whatever first step they need to take. God, remind them right now in this moment, they don't need to take 30 steps. They need to take one step. What is that one step you are asking them to take? God, I pray you make that abundantly clear for each and every person here today. God, we love you so much. Thank you for using flawed individuals to communicate your message. What a joy, what an honor it is that you would use us. And I pray that that's what people receive today, that you want to use them. We love you so much and we lift this up in your son's name. Amen.